a gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Utah's best athletes count on flexibility, speed, strength. And the Jazz pick up their 22nd assist. So they count on University of Utah help. Brielle Soleil puts this game away. And so can you. Leading doctors, a world-class environment, award-winning innovation, care to be great. 14 unanswered by the Utes. University of Utah Health, caring for Utah's best and yours. Schedule your appointment now at uofuhealth.org slash care to be great. Epic battle did not end the way that Utah fans would have hoped or liked. It was a three-point loss, 29 to 26. A lot of good things to take away from that game, a lot of bad things to take away from that game. Where where does this Utah team fall? How how do you go about analyzing, you know, what their chances are of doing college football playoff, all, all of that fun stuff? To help me break this down, I have former offensive lineman Isaac Asiata on to give the lowdown on, you know, what happened last week and where the Utes go from here. Isaac, how are things going? Hey, Michelle, they're going good. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Absolutely. So, I mean, part of the reason why I asked you to come on is because I saw you uh, give kind of an interesting breakdown on Twitter about what you saw in that game. So why don't you just go ahead and kind of give that breakdown here? What what were you seeing out there? Um, everybody saw the bad. Uh, it's really easy to point out the bad, but um, I think where a lot of people's expectations were was because we're coming off a Pac-12 championship year, a Rose Bowl berth, um, and such a phenomenal ending to the season, even with the loss to Ohio State, it almost didn't feel like this was the opening game of the season. Um, I kind of felt the same way. Uh, it just felt like almost as a continuation of last season. And, um, but it was still the first game of the season. And so for me, I watched the game knowing that um, there's still going to be the, the, not necessarily the fall off, but, just a lot of issues um, with first game jitters, especially amplified being down in the swamp and um, a lot of new players, a lot of guys who didn't have um, a lot of time last year who are now stepping up and filling in roles, a lot of young players. And um, so there was obviously going to be mistakes. Um, There were a lot of glaring ones, a lot of the ones that I think overshadowed the good of what you could take away from the game. And in that tweet, I just wanted to, really just 
move away from the hurt of the loss, the almost the letdown, uh, if you would call it that. For me, it wasn't a letdown um, just because I was expecting to have some of those mistakes happen, right? And so I wanted to focus on the the positive. There were so many positives that I saw. I don't know if you want me to go into those individually, but um, like I said, I watched it with, a, I think, a different perspective than most Uh, And I would expect that because obviously former player, you kind of know what the grind is to get to that point. You know what it takes. You also know what it feels like when you come up a little bit short in those moments. Uh, But yeah, go ahead and break down some of the more positive things that you saw coming out of that game. Uh, Yeah. So one of my, we'll start on the offensive side of the ball. Um, I think Brant Keithy is going to be uh, the first, I think he could be a first rounder if he uh, keeps playing ball, at least a, a first or second rounder. That guy is phenomenal, and it's great to see. Um, he was targeted a lot, um, and even when Dalton Kincaid was was targeted, he did really well. So our tight end room is still strong. Um, running backs did a great job. I know that there was uh, some mishaps on the goal line with Tavion, and uh, it took a while for the run game to get established. But I once once the guys kind of settled in and this is one of i think one of harding's more more signature things um and he definitely harped on it when i played was you just keep chipping away at the run game throughout the game no matter how um tough of a run defense uh, you're facing because eventually it'll break and we saw that uh it was really late kind of you know mid third quarter through the rest of that game um that run game finally was getting established and the offensive line, I think, looked great for the most part. And it, you you always expect your O-line to come out and just completely blow out teams and, and mow, move guys five, ten yards down the field. Um, when you don't have a cohesive unit, you know, when you watch – watching Utah's, Utah's uh, side of the O-line versus Florida's, Utah's, Utah's O-line, there's a lot of guys who have mixed and varied experiences at – positions not all of them have played that same role together for so many years and then you look at uf who had fourth fifth year guys who have been playing together for forever and you see the cohesion and the chemistry and they were doing really well our guys did well they did as well as i expected them to do i thought they did even better than i expected them to do um but for guys who have, you know, from Braden Daniels down to Michael Mokofisi, who's the youngest on that line, as, as well as Paul Miley, um, there's going to be growing pains. But I think if you compare, I mean, I went back and I watched um, the season opener from 2021, the season opener this year. Um, the O-line did a great job. Uh, I think that was one of the biggest positives on the offensive side of the ball. Obviously, Cam is still a phenomenal quarterback. Um that guy really wants it. You can tell he's a field general. He's a leader to the guys. And uh, even though he did uh, throw an interception that last that last um, play of the game, um, I still feel the same way I did pre uh, prior to the Florida game about Cam. And I think he's going to do a great job um, on the defensive side of the ball. A um, lot of young D linemen. A lot of. Um, less experienced D linemen and for them to go into play an SEC SEC team down in Florida 
um, you're going to see a lot of glaring issues, if you want to call them issues. For me, I see it as just because as a player, it's young guys who don't have that game experience. And SEC football is, everybody knows, it's a different game. Um, they still did well. Um, you know, I know that the DNs, they had a, they had a lot of trouble with that play action and, um, you know, kind of losing containment. But those are growing pains. Those are things that, you know, they might see it in practice, but until you see it in a game, um, it's it's hard to get that kind of experience. And so I guarantee if we play another team who, who wants to be pulling the ball like that and playing a lot, a lot of play action like that, and the QB decides to keep it, I guarantee that those guys are going to know it and do a lot better. Uh, one of my favorite things that I saw was Lander Barton. Um, he did such a great job. Um, there were multiple times where uh, you could see he was reading what the offense there, what their personnel was, the formation, recognizing it, and getting his guys into the right places. Um, you know, Karen Reed did a good job too, and I, I hate I cannot pronounce that that middle linebacker's name to save my life. Diabate. Diabate. There we go. I'm sorry, bro. If you watch this, I'm so sorry. I'll talk to him a few times during fall camp. I know who he is. I just can't pronounce his name. And now I know how everybody feels when they can't pronounce Polynesian players' names. <laughs> I, I think our linebacker core did, did well. Um, it's another one of those things where when you have units, D-line, O-line, um, linebackers, DBs, they all they all play off of each other. You know, they, those guys have chemistry too, just like O-line is. Um, and all three of them, I mean, not including Kareni, it's, it's a different look, even for Diabate. Sorry, bro. I, I just can't. I'll, I'll work on it, I promise. <laughs> but I, I, I think our linebackers did, did great. And Lander... Um, yeah, there's a lot of things that you can tell he's a freshman. Um, there's a lot of experience, a lot of game speed that he's not used to, um, but it'll come. And I love Clark Phillips. Uh, that dude is, he's going to be special. I mean, he already is special, but all in all, um, if I was, if I was wanting to have a season opener versus, you know, I, and this is no knock to these teams, but like an SUU or a Weaver State, um, I would rather it be against um, these big time SEC teams to see where our team is at, to see where, because it really shows where you're lacking versus you get a team who's in a sense less than, you roll over them and you don't really see where your players and your schemes and your um, your whole game plan um falters um and and the biggest thing i think was the best part about it even though they lost was the amount of experience uh those guys got i mean i remember when i played michigan uh in 2014 in the big house uh, i thought i could go against anybody after playing that game and that was a big game that was huge a lot of dudes who got drafted a lot of players who are still playing that i played against then that built my confidence and as a player when you go up against these guys, you know, I guarantee for, especially on the old line, some of those guys who um, are playing at, at Utah after playing this Florida team, you know, for me, at least I would be like, okay, I played this dude before this guy's nowhere close to him. Your confidence is pretty through the roof. Um, 
So a big confidence booster, a lot of experience gained by the guys. Um, so there, there was, there were so many good takeaways that I, um, cause after watching the game, there's a lot of negativity in my mind, mm-hmm. um, but, um, that's where the, I'm fortunate as a player to try to focus on the positive takeaways. Um, because once you really watch the tape and you process and you learn everything, all your mistakes that you did, it's about making sure you don't make those mistakes again and building off of them. So as Utah kind of turns their attention to Southern Utah, and to be honest, I think this schedule is so favorable in the sense of, like you mentioned, Utah got to see exactly where they're at in this moment uh, with Florida. They now have a slate of easier games leading up to that USC game, but they progressively, I think, get harder each week. So it's a great way to kind of go back, fix some of those things, and really kind of work on the technique uh, just being very, very sound in what you're doing and gradually get it harder and harder uh, so that you have to push it a little bit each week. Uh, what are what are some of the things that you feel like Utah is going to have to look at this week against Southern Utah and then, of course, the weeks leading up to their next big game against USC? Um, I don't – something that, like, just popped in my mind was – almost as a confidence booster. Um, When you have a a big loss like that, especially when you mix in the circumstances of you are the Pac-12 defending champions, um, you are ranked number seventh, and you go down there and you lose a game like that on a stage like that, um, initial thoughts is, you know, your confidence is kind of in the dirt. But this team is a lot tougher than that. Um, I think – you know, going into this week, especially, I think guys are going to um, use it as a, essentially as a tune-up almost, you know, to see. So, so I can only speak for me. So for me, um, in 2015, we opened up against um, Michigan mm-hmm. at home. And then I believe we played SU. Oh yeah. We played SUU and then Utah state. Um I think so. I can't remember, but I I knew after playing Michigan, I watched that Michigan film. We got graded. Um, Harding is very, very uh, critical in film and it's not bad criticism. It's just pointing out your glaring deficits. So like against Michigan, I do still remember to this day, I was playing over my toes a lot. Like I was leaning a lot. Uh, there were bigger dudes. I mean, I'm a strong guy, but these guys were huge. Um, so I was playing out over my toes a lot. Uh, and then going into week two, for me, my focus was playing on my base, trying to stay within my body frame, not overextending. Um, and that's what my focus was going into that game uh, personally. And so I think for the guys, it's kind of it's kind of seeing what your deficits were, your weaknesses were, where you were lacking in week one. And trying to build off of the mistakes that you made to correct them, to better your skills. And like I said, almost like a tune-up where you you test out like, okay, like I was doing this this week wrong. So on this week, I'm going to make sure that, you know, if it's, I don't, I'm, I don't think SUU runs a similar scheme to Florida, but in essence, your technique and the way that you're playing, um, focusing on how you're going to improve going into week two 
to fine tune. And like you said, I think what you said is is perfectly explained on how each week gets progressively harder leading up uh, into conference play um, because they go from SUU into San Diego State, which is a big time jump uh, when it comes to talent and difficulty in game. And um, I think what they what what I want to see and what I I'm hoping to see is the wide receiver core more. Mm-hmm. I felt like it was a Brent Keithy show and I'm totally fine with that because he doesn't disappoint, but I want to see what this offense can do with the wide receiver core. Cause I know it's a big question mark of how are our wide receivers. I think we have stud wideouts with Vele and, and Solomon and Jalen Dixon and um, money parks. You know, I think they're great players and, uh, but I want to see that ball moved around more. Um, instead of two, the tight ends. Um, defensively, the D-line. Um, you know, for the D-line, I think they need to be a lot more stout in the run game. And this SUU run game is not going to be anywhere close to this Florida run game, but um, you should be lights out on Saturday when it comes to the run game. Um, I thought our DBs did well. Um, tackling was a glaring issue. Um, you could say that it was because it was wet and humid, maybe slipping off of tackles, but also, you know, those are not uh, valid excuses as a player. And so there's a lot of, there's a lot of things that I know the guys can focus on that they know they can focus on better than I know. And, um, but I think most important, it's just, Hey, I did this bad in my, in week one, week two, I'm going to make sure that I'm building off of it and doing better. And another thing I, I feel like personally is not all losses are equal. I, I think this has the potential to be a really good loss uh, that the, the committee views if, if that's really where Utah goes, Uh, I am firmly on the, I think it's another Rose Bowl year and not that I would be shocked that they go to the playoff, but I just think that's a better goal for them at this point. Uh, because right now they're in a phase where they're proving that they can hang with these blue bloods, uh, only losing two games now by three points against Ohio State and now Florida. Uh, I feel like the next step in the process is to win that game. And I just think the Rose Bowl suits that purpose a little bit better than the college football playoff does. Obviously, if Utah gets that invite, they're not going to say, no, thank you. Uh, we're not quite there yet. Uh, you just don't do that. But I do think if it does come down to that, if it does come up, the committee potentially is looking at this loss very positively. Again, Utah played them well. It's first game. Everybody knows that that's a very hostile environment. And if Florida also keeps their end of the bargain, and and that's kind of maybe the little bit of a scary part, having talked with some of the Florida people, uh, is depth is maybe a little bit questionable, and that can really, really derail a system or a season. Uh, so health is going to have to be on their side, but I think they have the potential to be a really good team too. And there's no shame in losing to a really good team, as long as you don't repeat the same mistakes over and over again. Uh, you know, is there something to be said for just at the very least gaining respect in a different region of the country? Yeah. Um, the comparable would be that University of Oregon versus Georgia game, mm-hmm. and Utah versus Florida game. 
Um, yes, Georgia is ranked. Yes, Georgia is Georgia, but the University of Florida is still University of Florida ranked or not. And, um, you know, you saw the results from this, you know, Oregon. I feel like Oregon is um, more of that blue blood than Utah is just because of, you know, the the years of Marcus Mariota. And, um, but you, you see where Utah goes and they play in Florida, even though they're <clears throat> not ranked and they fare well, you know, they lose by two. It was a great game. It wasn't, they didn't get blown out. Um, there was, I mean, there's sloppy play, but it's understandable. Um, but I think Utah, um, I just lost my train of thought. I'm so sorry. You know, I'm so tired. <laughs> um, but I think, I think Utah has proven and earned a lot of respect on the national stage. Uh, I mean, I remember when I was in the NFL and I came out of Utah, it was always like Utah. Like everybody either thought we were Utah state or we were BYU um, in the locker room. And, you know, I felt that we had earned some of that respect and we had it, but now fast forward to after the Tyler Huntley 2019 season and then Cam season last year, and I talked to these same guys. Like I, I mean, I'm I'm really good friends with the Pouncey brothers. There's a lot of alumni who played for the the Dolphins that I know, and a lot of players who I played with in the Bills. And guys around the league are, you know, like man, that Utah team is really good, you know. And I think they're earning that respect. Uh, the more they're in the spotlight, and just like you said, uh, it's just that fight to show, like, hey, we can hang with these blue bloods. And I think Utah. Um, and I, I've always been um, on that same page with you where I think that Rose Bowl, the college football playoffs is great. If we get to go, it's awesome. But I think that next milestone, having now, you know, won the South so many times and then finally winning a Pac-12 championship, um, I think Utah's ne- next biggest step is solidif- solidifying themselves in a Rose Bowl versus one of those teams. Um, like in, in – College football playoffs, that'd be great. But I think that's Utah's um, better goal, better sight is is in that Rose Bowl, Rose Bowl versus one of those blue blood teams. How, how has this team morphed and evolved since you've been there that you can tell? Because, I mean, you were really a part of the big turnaround where Utah, I think, really went from being still kind of a Mountain West team to actually being more of a Pac-12 team. And it's just kind of taken off since then. Yeah, I I was I was very fortunate. And I was very, I'm very, very happy that I got to play kind of that pivotal role in the school and the program's history. Because when I was a freshman, that was the first year of the Pac-12. And we almost won and could go to the, the championship game that first year. Um, but we also had the year in 2012, and then in 2013, when we didn't go to a bowl game, it was kind of like we entered the Pac-12. Everybody still looked at us as a Mountain West school. Um, we fared well our first year. And then the, the following two years, it wasn't great, um, especially that 2013 year. And I still remember after that season, not going to a bowl game, um, our leaders stepping up um, that 2014 year. Um, you know, guys like Nate Orchard, um, they – Nate, Nate told us um, we had our first team meeting when we came back for off-season workouts in the wintertime and in January. 
Nate told us that um, we can either be a part of evolving this team and progressing this team and this program, um, or we can continue to be the bottom feeders of um, the Pac-12 and, and always be looked at as this Mountain West team who doesn't belong. Because during that time, everybody said we didn't belong. You know, we, we the guys before us, um, you know, the the 2004 season and the 2009 season, um, those guys paved the way for us now um, at that time to continue that legacy. I mean, during that time, it was, we're going to be a part of something that continues to build off of that. Um, and that pivot in that 2014 year and then the 2015 year was the, you know, in that 2014 year when we played Michigan in the big house and we ran them out of the big house, that was huge. And then going into the 2015 year, um, and we, I think we went like six and zero and got ranked third before we lost to SC. Um, those were a lot of those stepping stones where, um, you know, and I, I had realized after my career and it's a, especially after watching the, that 2019 season, it's kind of a humble pill to swallow to be like, to finally accept like, Hey, like we weren't going to be that team. Mm-hmm. We were going to be the team that set it up for these guys who came after us to build, you know, we did our job of kind of pulling ourselves out of the mountain West, out of those years where we were, you know, the team that didn't belong to, Hey, we're going to build this program up and pass it on essentially, you know, at the time we were not thinking that at the time we're packed old champs. That's what we want to be. And you know, it's great. But now sitting back and looking on it, you know, we were a part of that building and laying the foundation for this 2019 team, the 2021 team, you know, who finally got over that hump. Um, it was such a fun time because we went from the underdogs to the top dogs. I mean, that Oregon game in 2015, um, Coach Witt, because uh, in 2014, like we were the giant slayers, like that was his thing is that we're this underdog team. We're going to come in, we're going to beat all these phenomenal football teams as the underdog. And that Oregon game in 2015 was really the turn of the tide of like, no, like Utah football belongs at the top. And um, that's kind of, in my opinion, that game in that season is kind of the, that leaf that got turned over from being the underdogs to no, we are the top dogs. Like we are the giants. We're not the giant slayers anymore. As someone that was a leader of some, or a leader on some of those teams, you know, looking at these guys now and the opportunity that they have ahead of them, what advice could you give them? Um, you know, after, after that 2021 year and the, and the championship, my biggest fear was, um, that hey we did it you know and we're gonna live off the merits of hey we did it now we're this team we don't have to work as hard because you see it all the time um when i first went to a spring ball game that wasn't the case at all and the leadership that they have there is phenomenal and i think a lot of it has to do with all of the players taking ownership of hey that was last year's team like this is the 2022 team but guys like cam rising and brent keithy and Clark Phillips, um, these leaders that they have um, kind of wanting to write their own story every year. It's a different chapter. It's a different year. It's a different team. And they're where their head is mentally, where they're, uh, because that 2015 year, we 
our downfall was we got caught up in the hype way too much. Um, and I don't see that with this team. Um, I don't see, I see a lot of humbleness. I see a lot of guys who just want to get better for each other, who want to um, play this game for each other, who care about each other and who just want to take it a week at a time. And I, I hope, and I know with the leaders that they have that that mentality will continue through. I mean, I, I've, if my, my only advice would just be to continue to take it a week at a time, continue following the leaders being, if you're not like this, you know, captain role or the, the role of uh, whatever have you, you know, lead from within, do your part and um, just keep chipping away at it. Okay, so we're we're gonna not respect the process. We're just gonna fast forward to the end of the season. End of the season, where do you see this team? I think we're gonna have another championship year. I really do. I think the even with that Florida loss, the way the schedule is set up, the how well USC is, I think the biggest um matchup is gonna be on that USC game. Um Oregon, obviously, I mean Oregon is still a great team even after that loss to to Georgia. Um, but I think the way things are set up with Utah, um, having lost to Florida, Florida now being ranked 12th, having a good loss, um, the way that they build over this season, um, I think they have a really good chance of being in the college football playoff picture, but for sure, I, I truly believe that this team has all the pieces still to make another Pac-12 championship run and then make another Rose Bowl bird. Okay. Well, you heard it from Isaac Asiata. Uh, I believe the same thing. I think, I think this team is smart. I think they're hungry. I think they're not the kinds of guys that are going to let something bother them and fester into, you know, not doing as well as they could. I think quite the opposite. And especially when you go through what something that they've gone through, like they did last year, you're kind of Teflon. Uh, it's it, you're just, I don't think much phases you after something like that. Uh, I just, I see good things in their future. They just got to put the work in that. That's the biggest thing. And it doesn't sound like that's been the issue at all. Heading into Saturday's match. What do you want to see them do? Um, I want to see this this game, and it's not a secret. And obviously, like me as the former player, never take a team light. But now me as a fan, I'm like, this will be a game where possibly the threes could get in, you know. And me speaking as a fan, I would really like to see what depth they have. I really want to see who our backup players are, who our twos uh, the rotating guys, I want to see what they can do. Um, obviously, I already know the, what the starters can do. I, I think they still did really well against Florida. Um, I want to see our, our guys leave healthy, but the starters, I just want to see them just play a complete game. I think they did really well in week one together, but it was it was almost like it wasn't a complete game still because there was aspects that would show and then kind of go away. Um, decisions play calling that was made that maybe wasn't the best um and I'm not calling anybody out I'm just saying um just play that complete game with the ones uh, I want to see you know an, an even 
run pass on offense. I want to see what our, our starting wide receiver core can do. Um, and then on the defensive side of the ball, I, my, my main focus for the defensive side is the, the D line. I want to see, um, you know, how these guys respond after that, even though it is that tune up game. Um, I think we will get a peek at who's backing these guys. Who's who, you know, who's behind Van Fillinger and who else is on that D line. There's a great history of defensive line in university of Utah football. Um, and that's a big legacy to carry on. Um, I have never, I, I've never seen a drop off ever in the years. Um, every year they're always stout. It's almost like the guys who are starting who might've graduated are still playing. Mm -hmm. So I want to see that D line, you know, I want to see those guys come out and absolutely tear this team apart because of what happened last week. Um, but my, like I said, overall, um, I just want to see that, that complete game. But when the time comes, I want to see who our backups are. I want to see, um, more of, you know, maybe Chris Curry uh, versus Tavion Thomas. You know, I want to see more, um, let's see, you know, whoever's rotating at the O-line. Um, just the different players who, you know, later on when injuries do come because they do come, um, who's there to back them up? Well, perfect. Hey, Isaac, I appreciate you taking some time out to talk about last week's game what you want to see this team do and just kind of talking about, again, some of the process that Utah has been through in order to get to this point. It's an exciting time to be a Utah fan. Uh, and, you know, just a lot of great things to say about the program at this point. I, it's hard to be disappointed, I think. Yeah. Um, I think there's, like I said, in my tweets, I wanted to focus on the positive because there's so much season left um, and where it felt like this was a continuation of last year, it could be really easy to get down and negative and, um, you know, kind of a all hope is lost mentality as a fan, um, like totally understandable. Um, but at the same time, there was so much good that came out of that game. Uh, so many good things, so many good uh, tests of what, what and where Utah football is at that. Uh, I'm excited. I'm excited for the game on Saturday. I'm excited for the rest of the season. Well, hopefully we'll be seeing you around at games. Again, thank you so much for your time. Y'all, you've been listening to the Crimson Corner. This is your host, Michelle Bodkin, Utah Utes Insider, signing off. And as always, go Utes. stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are. And this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.